Hello, passionate people. You are listening to Passion Harvest. Thank you so much for listening today. And as always, I'm so passionate to share these episodes with you. I'm Louisa, your host, International Passion Ambassador. Every week we share new episodes talking with people across the planet who have an inspiring, entertaining and passionate story to share, taking you on a journey to discover your passion. Hello there, listeners. Thank you for all your beautiful messages from my solo episode last week. It was really an empowering and utterly terrifying experience at the same time, but I pressed that upload button and there was no going back. We have some seriously amazing guests coming up on the show, so please subscribe if you haven't already. I am so grateful for how this passionate podcast is evolving and so humbled by the people I get to speak with and learn from, and I hope you do too. My guest today is the wonderful Lisa Westerlaken. Lisa is a kinesiologist, Reiki master and psychic, and she works with her clients to empower them to connect with their own innate wisdom, strength and abilities. This is a great episode and I'm sure you will enjoy it. We dive into all things from kinesiology, spirit guides, intuitive healing, manifestation and finding true love. This is her story and this is her passion. Lisa, welcome to Passion Harvest. I am so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you, Louisa. I'm excited. I'm a little <laughs> nervous to be here. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be amazing. And I guess if you wouldn't mind telling the listeners what it is you do. So I am primarily a kinesiologist, mm -hmm. which is an energy-based modality that basically helps people move uh, blockages or sabotaging patterns, which are conscious or unconscious. I also am an intuitive, so I do do psychic readings and I do also Reiki. But primarily, kinesiology is really what I happen to be passionate about. I've heard the word intuitive so much recently. I don't know, maybe I'm attracting it, but how? what, what does intuitive mean to you? Okay, for me, intuitive is that sense of being able to connect in with your inner guidance but also too it's if you look at where the word intuitive comes from it's the sense of being in spirit so it's being in alignment with your own spirit guidance so if, if you look at as a soul it is said 80% of our soul comes back into carnage and 20% stays up in the spiritual realm so that is what we refer to as our higher self but when we're in spirit, we're really in alignment with that higher self. So then we're able to have flow and guidance and to trust, I guess, decisions or uh, choices or things or people, you know, that are right for us. That's, how, how do you how do you learn all this stuff? I'm so <laughs> interested in it. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, it's funny. I think again, it, it's it's a sense of being passionate about it, and for me, it's reading books it's the people that I've naturally attracted to be my tribe or they're part of their tribe mm -hmm. um talking um some of it you know if you're you know you tune enough it's also comes in through upper guidance so for me you know if people are open to it I have spirit guides I think we all have spirit guides and so when I'm able to to sit and 
meditate and to listen to them, then I often get these this intuitive information and then if I go searching or researching it, it then proves to be um, what others in that kind of field are also talking about. And when you say you, you receive the information, how does it come? Is, is it a visual picture? Is it just words in your head? Because I know everyone has different ways of receiving information. Absolutely. And I think that's a real key thing. Everybody is their own, has their own individual way of working. So for me, I first and foremost receive um, by a gut feeling. So I'm very kinesthetic. I will get a feeling and just a knowing of something. Um, I also can hear. And so hearing isn't like we're talking. It's kind of like this inner type of voice and knowing. And I also do see images. I'm fascinated by your psychic readings and I know kinesiology is your passion and we will get to that in a moment. I just wanted to ask about your psychic readings. A lot of people do it through tarot. You don't. How do you, I mean, how do you prepare and how do you connect with spirit to answer someone's questions that they bring to you when they come for a session? Yeah, look, some some people will use tools and, and that's all that tarot cards or crystals or um, anything external that a person's using is just simply a tool. And, and for me, I have always been taught that a very good intuitive psychic doesn't need a tool. So the way in which I tune in is first and foremost, I need permission for the person. I don't walk around with my antenna on and I'm pretty strict about it's like going into somebody's handbag. I don't believe it's right just to go in and read to somebody or give someone messages. So I'm very respectful about the way I work. So once a person gives me permission, you know, I'll just take those moments to become an open channel. So, you know, how you become an open channel is by opening the chakras mm-hmm. and just extending the energy field so that the guides can step in. So I'll take those few moments and ask for my guides you know, of the light, um, I ask for access to the Ascended Masters, to those of the white light of, of greater knowing, to just bring in the messages and guidance that is right for this person. One thing I'm very thinking about, so, so just also, that people have free will. So any information and guidance that is brought through, people have free will as to whether or not they take that on board or not. And also, too, that in through free will, whilst... I'm very much about with my readings about giving people choices and helping them understand that if they went down this pathway or the other pathway, what are guidance I'm being given as to what will occur. But also, too, that um, it's always got to be empowering. So I believe in empowering the person rather than so just giving that person guidance. So then that means that you know people can be given guidance, but then they make choices which can then also change the guidance yeah, absolutely. And and I'm fascinated by spirit guides. Can you visually see your spirit guides? Um, so I tend to feel them more so and I have received images. When I when I uh, people often ask me, how do you get more intuitive? How do you develop mm. it? And so, simply there's a couple of simple things that I say to everybody. First thing, meditation and regular meditation. Um and I also do talk about some very basic principles of grounding, cleansing and protection. They're very key things when we're starting to develop spiritually and 
um, you know, you, you could find more information of those on my website, on my blogs. But there are three keys when a person is starting to develop. Because just as there's good people out there, there's not so good people, and same in the spirit world. You know, they're very healthy, light spirits, and then there could be those that are living mischievous. So you want to use those and just, again, meditate on a regular basis. I also suggest to people is playing uh, intuitive games. And the games, it's like testing um, your intuition. So for me, it's not about getting it right or wrong, but it's about listening to your intuition and knowing when you've got it right, listening to the guidance and knowing when you've got it wrong, or not listening to the guidance and getting it wrong per se. Because then that, that way, it's like, if, for example, if you're sitting at the lights, you know, and just intuitively guessing when the lights are going to go green, or your phone rings, or a message comes through, just intuitively. So just feeling, you know, or seeing, or hearing who is that person. Because then what actually happens is, is we start to uh, increase and develop that intuitive muscle. And the more that we use it, and again, it's not about getting it right or wrong, it's about using that intuitive muscle, the stronger it becomes. A lot of people have either playing cards or they have angered cards. You know, just get out three cards, mix them up, and then look for a specific card and just feel, put your hand over it and feel. You know, that's a really another way to, do, to, to again, practice and develop. And obviously, oh. You're so in touch with your intuition and what if you have a client and your spirit guides don't come to you? Has that ever happened? That might so, be a silly question. <laughs> well, look, I, I think it's a great question. In my beliefs, I believe our spirit guides are always with us mm-hmm. and they're always, in a sense, guiding us. It's when we make ourselves more sensitive to them that they can step in a lot closer to give us that guidance. So I've never had a time when my guides haven't been there. It's possibly when I'm a little bit tired or I haven't been looking after myself that um, I don't sense them as strongly. Occasionally what can happen is, it, you know, it's not just about me turning up, it's also about a client turning up. So if a client turns up with the intention to test a psychic or they are so closed down, so people can become quite protective where the person or the psychic can't get in. So I can't say that's ever really happened to me, but it's certainly been it's been a little less easy to get the messages. And I've had clients who sat there going, no, 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 and then we get talking, the information's made perfect sense. It's just they've not wanted to accept it. And have you always been like this? Were you born a psychic child or is yes. it developed? <laughs> I, I was, look, I, I'm a great believer. Psychic abilities are like playing the piano. Some people can sit down and they just have this natural talent and they're amazing. Some people are a bit clunky and need to have uh, training or development. Psychic abilities, we all have them. It's just some people are more natural than others and other people need to work at it. So I'm a, I'm a nat, I would say on both, I'm a natural psychic and I'm also, um, We've also done some training, and as I said, you know, more meditation that we do, we tend to develop those skills. So, I, you know, I remember, you know, the stories being said when I was quite young, you know, things that I would kind of know and then say to my parents, and they'd be looking at me going, oh, my God, how does she know this? Okay. <laughs> um, and, and a really good I guess a story or example I have is, is my mother's um, brother, died when he was a baby, and they lived in England. So in England, I understand it, uh, it can take up to three weeks for them to bury the body. The body was kept at home and actually kept in a cupboard. 
And so from a very young age, I just, well, I would say to mum, my uncle's in the cupboard and I'd go and play with him. <laughs> mum would just look at me. And at that young age, I had no knowledge that as a baby, he had been kept in the cupboard after his passing. I just got goosebumps from that. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mother had goosebumps several times in her child. <laughs> uh, look, I guess it is all about practice and meditation, especially for me as well, is such a huge transition to my abilities that are developing. And, and, you know, just as you're saying that, Louisa, I'm actually hearing, and maybe for you or for other listeners, you know, it's really trust. It's about building trust in that. And that's why I talk about playing games because then you start to not only practice but you're developing trust in your abilities. I know you do have a lot of offerings but your passion is kinesiology. Yes, I love it. (laughs) What is kinesiology? How would you define it? Kinesiology is an energy-based modality. So it, it really sits in between Eastern philosophy using chakras, auric bodies, um, meridians, energy lines. So a lot of the, um, those type of philosophies, as well as Western medicine. So using anatomy and physiology, I'll say counsel, uh, coaching techniques rather than counseling. So the, the sense of talk. And what, what I love about it is it uses the, the client's own wisdom to determine what's going on. And sometimes that's known, but often it's unknown. So it's the unknown things that are stopping them from achieving what they want to do. And the way the kinesiologist or kinesiologist will do that is by using the client's muscle. And the reason we use the muscle is because the nervous system is always sending um, information and it goes out into the muscles. But also, too, our nervous system is how we connect in with our spiritual sense. So, again, taking care of the nervous system is actually very key to being able to open up intuitively as well. Uh, so kinesiology will basically, you know, set a goal with the client about what they want to achieve and then use the body to understand where are the blocks and then uses various techniques to unblock, to, to un- have that energy unblocked so then the channel of energy is now moving forward. It, to me, I've often asked clients, how do you explain this? And they go, oh, no, you can't. Just tell everybody to come to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not a great marketing strategy. And it is. It is really because what I love about kinesiology is it is so individual to the person. So whilst I might have a bit of a template I follow, because I also work intuitively, I can be taken off that template because I feel what the client needs, but I also use their muscle to test that to make sure that's right. And why I find that it gets, and why I'm so passionate about it, is because it does get results. And I believe it gets those results because it is a truly, truly holistic modality. It works on mind, body, and spirit all at the same time. So this is, in my opinion, whilst I love breaking, some clients, want to have a Reiki session, the Reiki tends to work energetically and somewhat on the physical. It doesn't have any talk or mind or emotions built into that. So with the kinesiology, you know, we're, we're also working energetically, spiritually, we work on that physical level, but we also talk about what's coming up. And for me, because we work on all three, it gets a much, much better result. And when you have your kinesiology sessions, do you tune into your own spirit guides while you're working? So I'm, I'm blessed. I don't necessarily do it consciously, but yes, it, it tends to be that my guides come in and it's very different from doing a reading. So 
for me, it's it's really about what that person needs to help guide them. And often, what will happen is is the body will test and we under we find what's the underlying emotion to help us understand what the blockage is about. And what I'll find is a client will go, mm, "Oh God, I can't place what this means." My guides tend to then help me understand what it could be, and then I pass that to the client. And so then again, it's, it's also to the way the guides will come in is you know there's a certain level of, of channeling energy to help shift, but also too that, that often they can go right. You need to do this, and so then there'll be a certain technique. My guides will take me to there, and it's just a sense of knowing we have to do that. And very, very, very rarely, because I'm also a medium, which means I can talk to those that passed over. Very, very rarely, if it's a strong spirit, they'll step in to just come and say hello, give some key message that the person needs, and then they step out because that's not what the session is for. It is actually just about being able to help guide them to achieve their goal. It sounds amazing. <laughs> so yeah, just touching on that mediumship. So a medium is a person that connects with people that have passed away. Yes. So a medium is able to speak to those who have passed over and just, again, give, give messages of guidance. I think also, too, a lot of it's about proof of survival. And again, this comes back to people's individual beliefs. Yet in my experience, I've had plenty of those um, those loved ones who have stepped over to and who come in and give very specific guidance I just could not know to then help the loved ones know that they are still around and that they're still being looked over, albeit not in the physical way. And again, for you, how do you receive those messages? So the way in which I work, again, individuals who work differently, is when a loved one's stepping in, I'll get extremely emotional. And that's when I know that I've got a loved one with me. And they will often give me images, they'll tell me things, or again, it's just that sense of just knowing information. Absolutely fascinating. And I guess with the psychic reading, most people come to ask predictions for the future and questions like that, not so much from a health perspective as they would Mm -hmm. for kinesiology. Is that Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. I guess this show is about passion. So what recommendations would you have for people if they want to follow a spiritual path or any sort of path or follow their passion? So I think for me, you know, it's really about trusting. I think, you know, passion is such an individual thing and it's really about something that we love doing or that really interests us. So I think people, the guidance that I give to people is, is that everybody's different and the way it is for one person doesn't have to be the way it is for another person. You know, people who follow a spiritual path don't necessarily have to go and, and work in that area. They can be very passionate about it without having to leave their nine-to-five job. Um, but for some people, that is where they want to go. And I think it's just about honouring what's right for you rather than trying to follow somebody else's path. I'm just going back to our conversation before we started recording about love and it's such a a popular um, category in our society nowadays and you had some beautiful words of how to find your true love or your soulmate. I know so many people will be interested, not in your personal journey, but just in like the sort of advice that you were talking to me about, if you wouldn't mind sharing that. Not at all. And look, and I honestly think this, this is the same guidance in love, in business or anything anybody wants to first say manifest or achieve. 
It's very interesting. I, I, I believe in a higher energy. We call it God, Buddha, Allah. I, I just believe there is this higher vibration that is absolutely there to support us in whatever we want to do. And it's about being able to connect in with that higher higher energy. So the very first thing in whatever it is, but particularly also in love, it's about knowing what is it you want to attract and being really, really clear about that. Um, also, too, you know, if a person had, oh, he has to have brown eyes, I'd say, well, is that really important? You know, or is it about the quality that that person has? Mm. I then believe that we have to align to it. So in what we say, in what we do, in the actions that we take, um, so it's about being in alignment with what we want to achieve. And I think it's also very much not necessarily about, like, for example, having a person in your life. It's about, well, what does that give you? What's the feeling around having that? Mm. And then it's about taking action. So when I met the love of my life, I met him through Bumble. And that's an online dating site. <laughs> Um, I'll put the link know, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Tinder wasn't for me. <laughs> Bumble I could cope with. And, you know, and honestly, you know, I, I believe um, that, you know, I'd been very clear about what I wanted and I was very clear about what I didn't want. So if there, and one of the things that was high on my list was about somebody who would respect me. So if I was attracting anybody who was being disrespectful again, I kept telling the universe, enough, that's not what I want, and would just go, no, thank you. And so, you know, to me, that's that sense of aligning to what we want. And the big thing is, is trusting beyond a shadow of a doubt that the universe will deliver on this for you. And it's about continuing trusting because the trust, our trust will be challenged. Even with, you know, development or even, you know, taking a healing journey with kinesiology, we can be tested. And it's about remaining, you know, aligned to what we want and just knowing that it's going to be achieved. Do you think the universe tests you or we go off track and stop trusting? I think it's both. You know, I, I had a, a client, and a kinesiology client, and she had said to me, oh, I don't want to go on Bumble. I can't cope with the rejection. And I laughed. I thought, oh, my God, it never occurred to me I was being rejected <laughs> because <laughs> I, sat in my, I sat in my power going, oh, no, that's not someone I want. And if somebody hadn't turned up, um, I'd just go, well, that, that, or they hadn't come back to me. I think, oh, that's not my love of a lifetime. And I do think, uh, you know, a lot of it is, is if we're saying this is what I want, I do think the universe will go, well, let's just see. You, you've got this pattern. Are you going to repeat that pattern? I do think also, too, people stop trusting and then go off, off you know, onto a different channel or line. So I, I honestly do believe it's a sense of both. And again, it goes back to what you said, you know, you have to put out an, an act in a similar manner. So if you want someone to love, honour and respect you, you have to love, honour and respect yourself, I believe. Absolutely. I, I'm a great believer. Our external world is a reflection of our internal world. So if, if we're attracting people or situations that have a common theme and don't sit with us, then we've got to go back and look at, well, hang on. What do I need to do within myself? And one of the things for me when I attracted the love of my life is that I, funny enough, was being, seeing my own kinesiologist um, for my business and for other things when, you know, I realised I needed to do some alignment within to attract that relationship. So 
for me, it's also about, yes, addressing what we need to within ourselves. And I do love kinesiology for that because often people don't know what they need to do or they don't realise that that's going on. So then when we do, you know, we are open to attracting what we really want and, and doing that for ourselves, absolutely. I think the beauty of kinesiology is sometimes we get so stuck in our head and, you know, if you're asking questions and I'm answering it, my body tells the truth. Not that I wouldn't be telling the truth, but I might overthink it and I won't intuitively always have the correct answer. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting because I think sometimes what I've found in sessions with clients is they can be thinking it's one thing and it's actually another or it's a different concept or aspect to that. And, and what I love is with, with kinesiology, we're bypassing the mind. We're actually asking the body or the unconscious mind what is it that's going on that's creating the block. So, you know, absolutely, whilst, you know, then we can utilise some of the conscious mind, often it isn't the very thing that people think it is. That's a great quote, bypassing the mind. I often, I I mindfully try to do that a lot during the day. Sometimes my mind overtakes and it gets difficult. Well, for me, I've often said to people, stop thinking, start feeling. Mm. You know, sometimes you've got to feel, and and that's that intuitive aspect, you know, being in spirit, in alignment. It's about feeling what's right not necessarily thinking. And again, just a question about intuition. Meditation, I am a big believer of it. How, for the listeners, how often and for how long, because I know I'm going to get questions about it, would you recommend to meditate for? So the first thing I just want to say about meditation is that people kind of have this thing, oh, I can't do it, I need to sit down, go, oh, and they have this wrong concept of it. So for me, meditation is about being able to to really allow the thoughts to flow through to being able to be present in the now. So for most people, they, they've I've got to stop thinking, but then they're focusing on stopping thinking and then it becomes way too much. So it's just about being able to be present in that moment and just allow thoughts to start flowing. Uh, ideally, meditation would be done on a daily basis. And I think even if a person can spare 10 minutes, that's better than nothing. I think the ideal, particularly if someone's wanting to be able to develop themselves, is somewhere between 30 and 60 minutes. But I also think it's like anything. If you're developing a habit, start small. So, you know, maybe aim for, you know, three times a week for 10 minutes and then maybe go, you know, to five days a week, seven days a week and then start increasing the time because if we make small changes then we've got a better chance of them holding longer and creating that habit we're almost out of time we've got a few more minutes left what would you like to talk about oh gosh that's a great question (laughs) you can talk about anything you want to (laughs) um oh my goodness look i I, one thing i guess that comes to mind it's a big one um is boundaries and i think it's such a key thing that keeps coming up and it's even come up personally for me is how important boundaries are. And that's even if you're working with spirit. What a lot of people don't realise is they can tell spirit how they want to work and they can have boundaries. So I'm pretty, I've got pretty strong boundaries with my guides that when I'm, when I'm not doing a reading or when I'm not working, um, whilst they're still around me, you know, I'm not here tuning into everybody. So I have pretty strong boundaries and, you know, Per se, even though with my loved ones I'm very connected and um, we can usually be reading even each other, 
you know, to me, it's very much about boundaries and being respectful. But that's also, you know, boundaries are what we're willing to be able to say no to. And I think it's one of the keys to self-love. So, you know, about knowing it's okay. And people don't actually have to be okay with what we've got, you know, with our boundaries. It's about us being okay with them. Mm. So, for me, that's such a key message for so many people. And again, that's whether or not it's working with spirit, working with others. And, you know, it's about what is okay for us and knowing that what's okay for us can be very different for other people. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful way to end, end the show and it's so true. And I guess it also goes back to honouring and respecting yourself. Uh, absolutely. And being okay with that. I think so many people, and myself included, but I'm getting so much better at it, worry <laughs> what other people think mm-hmm. of well, them. Do you know- this is a funny thing. Do you know it's great that we care what people think? I don't, I don't know. We're just waiting to hear me out. No, of because course. It means, it means you're not a sociopath or narcissist. I mean, isn't that great? Yay for caring what people think. However, there is a difference between caring and taking it on board. And that's and one of the things, there's a few reasons why not to take it on board is because, number one, people are often projecting their own stuff. So remember the whole internal, external world? It is much easier for people to say, hey, I don't like that about you, rather than saying, I don't like that about me. So people are often projecting. So when we kind of understand that, we go, hang on, this really is, they're not liking me or what I've got to say. They're not liking themselves for, for something. Second thing is, is people work through their own value system. So, you know, the, let's just say someone who, who drinks during the day, their value system is saying that's okay. But then if we take on board what someone else is saying, we're saying what they think is okay for them is okay for us or should be okay for us. So we've got to be really aware that when people don't like what we're doing, it can be because it doesn't fit in their own value system. Mm. The third thing is, is you will never, this is a beautiful saying, I'm not sure who had said it, but I love it to be, is that you'll never be criticised by someone who's doing more than you. Only be criticised by those who are doing less than you. I love that. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful saying, and it's absolute truth in that. I'm just digesting all that wonderful information. I can't wait to listen back to it. <laughs> it's 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 so true. It's so true, and I, I you know, so many people take on board others, the way other people think of them, and other people's perception. And I think there's a big shift when you no longer hold that dear to your heart and you realise that you are the most important voice. Only your opinion counts, really. And other people don't need to agree with it. And that's okay. It is okay. Yeah, Absolutely is okay. And I think that's the thing that we need to get okay with is other people not being okay with what's like us, as long as it's healthy for us and healthy for others and healthy for the planet. It's just come into my head, but it so relates, especially when I started off this podcast and a lot of um, the people I've interviewed are, you know, leaning toward the spiritual side. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, what are my friends and family going to think? They're going to think I'm really weird. Um, And I talk about spirituality a lot. And as it progresses, it gets easier. I don't worry about it so much. And I realize they have to accept me for who I am. And this is who I am. You know, and we were talking about before, we have to accept who we are first. And when we accept that this is who we are, then you know what, there are going to be the majority of people who will, and there might be some who don't, but then they're not necessarily the people that you'll want around you because if, if they, if, if we have to put at risk who we are to make somebody else happy, I wouldn't want them in my life. 
And the other thing that's kind of interesting around that is, is, is it's said from a spiritual perspective, we only hold so much space for people. And, you know, I, I talk about rejection. I say invite it, love it, rejection, because if you can only hold so much space for people, wouldn't you want those who really have your back? And those who don't, let them go. They, you just don't hold the space for them anymore. It's so true, but I mean, I guess looking back on my personal life, it's hard when you reflect back and look how personally for many years I acted in a manner to please another person or to please people or acted in a manner that I thought I should for society. Mm. And it's quite liberating. It's almost like coming out. (laughs) It's funny, I was thinking that before when you were talking about it. A lot of people didn't know I was psychic for many years and then I laugh. I often talk about it. It was like coming out. And I can only imagine what it is like for for people who do come out. I can't imagine how hard that must be. Because, you know, again, it was putting out the game, this is who I am. Either you're going to like it and you're not, and if you don't, that's okay. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you're not needed to be in my life anymore. And I feel so much better for not worrying about it anymore. And I yeah. look back and think, well, why did I worry? I guess I, I guess it was my own insecurities. Well, look, I think also, too, we've got to go back. We are conditioned by the environment in which we grow up in or the school that we've gone to or very influential people. So, you know, often, you know, without kind of having that awareness, our parents are conditioning us. And, you know, again, it's what will people think. So I, I think, you know, we've, and again, we'd all love to our parents because they don't necessarily have the awareness as we do now. Um, but I think, too, you know, I often find I'm saying something to my daughter and I also think, oh, my God, oh, my God, I'm conditioning her like I have been. <laughs> Hang on, we'll change that. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's sometimes the unconscious pattern that has come through at a very, very early age. This could get a long, deep conversation. Do you think it could also be from past lives? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh my God, I that do. might have to, have to be for our, our podcast episode part two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so honoured to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and your passion with us. You're absolutely welcome. And thank you so much for inviting me and having me. I've really enjoyed today. It was such a pleasure. And I will see you soon. Forward to it. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like to know more, follow Passion Harvest on Instagram or Facebook. We would love to hear from you. Tell us how you are living your passions. Please subscribe to our podcast and please rate and review it. Share it with a friend and inspire them to develop their passion. Goodbye. And until next time, keep spreading that passion.